This is a journey into sound. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new values, and a new experience. Welcome to this week's episode of You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast. This is a podcast about lesser-known music by lesser-known artists. For example, the composition you are currently listening to and today's intro is Miniature by The Eternal Witness. Each week we bring different artists, well, usually three different artists that we've had sent to us through the emails and we'll dissect them, we'll listen to them, we'll give them a platform to be heard because we believe they're actually quite good. Um, this is a retake of, I'm moving this pop filter, it just feels, I don't well, I don't like it, I've, I've got one, I don't need two. So yes, this is a, a retake of an episode we've already done because I fucked up is what happened there. I deleted a whole episode so we're redoing it and you didn't really need to know that but I'm telling you anyway. I am sat on a cajon. That's what's happening here. Hello Wayne. Wayne is with me. Hello everybody. How are you Wayne? I'm very good thanks. Went very well last night Wayne wasn't. Went to a gig and uh Nearly vomited over someone's yoga pants, so luckily that didn't happen though. They they didn't need to know that either, to be honest. Yeah, good though, isn't it? Um, it's good that we can be <laughs> fr- it's good that we can be so free and open about our thoughts and our stuffs. So yeah, okay, we're gonna make a start, Wayne. We're gonna make a start. Have you got anything you want to say? Let's make a start. Let's make a start. Okay. <laughs> So tonight I've brought three new artists for us to listen to, for us to take apart and to enjoy. I want us to enjoy these artists, that's why we bring them, so you can discover them and you can go away and listen to their other works, show them some love and the likes. So we have Born74, Arima Ariga, Ariga, Arima Ariga with their song Blue Bossa, I do believe. Is that, is that correct to Blue Bossa here. Yes, Blue Bossa. We also have Johnny Went Off to War by The Long Farewells. And we have Move by Matthew Masiel featuring Archie someone or another. 
I don't have his second name. So yes, that's what we've got. He's my so he's our first artist. Without no furtherance of delays, Matthew Masiel and his song "Move" and my chat. Yeah, so um, I actually grew up on the outskirts of Chicago, Illinois, in a city called Calumet City. I lived there most of my life, and then uh, I ended up moving to Texas about right before high school with my family. Moved to to South Texas, deep by the border of Mexico, and currently live in a place called McAllen. It's right by McAllen, Edinburgh, Texas. It's a little community there. And um, I've always been into music, always told, hey, you should, you know, audition for certain things. You should... Uh, try out going the music route. I never really had a lot of confidence in myself, to be honest with you. And it wasn't until I got to uh, to college that, uh, you know, I started, you know, thinking maybe maybe this could work. Maybe I can do some things. Contacted a couple buddies who were musicians, who knew how to play uh, <laughs> guitar, knew how to play drums, and uh, created a band. And little by little, just advanced one way to, the, to another. Um, I actually, one of my first jobs actually out of college was actually in radio. So I was a local DJ. Some people call it that, <laughs> local DJ. And um, I actually just saw how the music scene worked. And um, I was able to check out how, you know, the charts worked and, you know, what kind of music was actually hitting radio, um, what to look for and genres and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, something that intrigued me. And I was like, hey, if I like music, I know how the music industry sort of works. Um, I should, you know, take a shot at it. And, um, you know, just uh, with a few connections and uh, God's grace, I was able to <laughs> put out uh, some music. 2016, release a song. Uh, 2017, release another one. Um, and now I uh, got together with my friend Archie and uh, I knew he had uh, some interest in rapping and I knew he was good at it. So uh, we created a track together and we have uh, an EP coming out uh, early next year. You say that while you DJing on radio, that you learned the system, how the uh, music industry works, and you're able to utilize that with your music. Does that mean that you are producing work that you believe is current and relevant, or are you actually just producing, or you or are you producing the work that you want to produce? Um, I, I think it's a mix of both, to be honest. Um, so a big thing for me, if you listen to my tracks. Um, you know, it was, I always liked catchy music, something that is catchy and something that you can bob your head to. Uh, I know growing up, a lot of my buddies would listen to, you know, just music in the car with me. And they're like, man, the playlists that you play are pretty good. <laughs> and I think it was because I, I liked playing catchy music that caught people's attention and, uh, you know, had good bass and had good uh, mixing and everything. So in the same way, I was like, hey, that, that's something that I can do. So um, I got together with my producer, started doing stuff like that. And then just seeing how the music industry sort of works um, from the radio's perspective, you know, I, I sort of had that influence as well. So I would say it's a mix of both. I've been able to just take what I think is, you know, pretty popular and uh, what I like and just mix it together and uh, recently had moved. Uh, so how would you describe your sound? Yeah, um... My sound, a lot of people have asked me, I think it's a, I would say it's mainly pop music. Um, you know, you have your, you know, you have your Maroon 5s and Ed Sheeran genres. And uh, a lot of people like that right now. And I think that's what I would fall into. Uh, it's a mix of band. So you have like your drums and your percussion and you have your guitars and your electrics and back of vocals. So you have a whole band, but then some some tracks like this one with move i was able to use some beats that my producer ended up mixing together and uh sounded good so i think it's a mix of both beats uh with a band mix and uh falls under 
pop music. The genre that I like to go toward and really want to push toward is a Christian contemporary, CCM. I, I mean, just saved by God's grace out of college. I think that's just something that, uh, you know, he's pushed me towards and uh, that I've been really wanting to pursue. So that's that's pretty much a little bit about me. I was very much myself uh, a few years ago into Christian contemporary and Christian pop. I, I, yeah, I used to love bands like the Newsboys. I don't know if you know absolutely DC Talk and bands like yeah. that. And that's the and the radio station. Uh, so I can clarify a little bit that I worked in was actually uh, a big uh, top forty playing Christian radio station down here, ninety six point nine KVMV. So that's actually the one of the biggest ones down here in the Rio Grande Valley where I live. And so I was able to get that opportunity to play, I mean, uh, not to play, to, to DJ uh, in yeah. that uh, in that area. And, uh, you know, just saw how that, that industry worked. And uh, that was something that intrigued me. CCM was something like you mentioned, the Newsboys, you know, I was a big fan of them. And uh, DC Talk and Toby Mac and, you know, Sidewalk Profits and, you know, the list goes on. And that's just something that, you know, I've been blessed to, to know how that, that works. And, you know, I've been striving towards myself. I'm not within the Christian community anymore, but the the music I found, I was so surprised at how good the musicianship was and is. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you automatically think of all the cheesy music when it comes to Christian music. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, the, a lot of the music out there, especially when I was listening to it, it was better than the mainstream music it was, it was yeah and it's still like I, said, I don't listen to it so much now but i can only assume it's only going to get better yeah and, and and if you go back and listen to my tracks i mean that's that's just something that i've been really tr- striving towards uh, outside the first one i released thank you for leaving in 2016 um and that was more just uh i had to focus on god more than my relationship and uh i was able to to be thankful because I realized that the relationship I was in wasn't a healthy one. <laughs> so I created Thank You For Leaving in 2016, which was actually a really popular hit that I had. Then in 2017, I came out with Life. And that's just, you know, talking about my relationship with God and my focus on Him. And uh, that one was, you know, one that I that I really have dear to my heart. And then now with Move, got together with Archie. Uh, we released Freedom, uh, another single off the EP that we'll be releasing next year first and now it was move and move has been the most popular one and it's just been about having a good time be worry free and if you actually listen to the lyrics it is about courting somebody uh, correctly <laughs> the way you should be courting somebody but uh it's just about having a good time and being carefree and uh, just enjoying yourself so what do you other than vocals do you contribute anything towards the the actual musicianship like do, do you play keys do you play do you play any instruments yeah, so uh, my, me, myself, I play acoustic guitar. So um, it's pretty much the, the rhythm guitar. Um, that's what I play all the time. I do tell my, my band, hey, this is what I think we should do. So I, I pretty much come up with the music myself. Uh, hey, I think we should be playing this in this key or whatever. Um, and then from there, um, with their, obviously, their feedback, and they change it a little bit, and they help me out, and we just bounce ideas back and forth off each other, and I can't do it without them. But um yeah, uh, when, whenever we perform like live shows and stuff like that, um, yeah, I do vocals and I do uh, acoustic guitar. So that, that that's what I fall into. So what have been your highlights today? Would you say what have been your most standout moments as a musician? My most standout moments? Um, to be honest, I, I just think going back to what I said, I know I mentioned it a little bit, but, uh, you know, just seeing how the industry works itself and being in that, I was able to, you know, team up with, 
uh, my, I would say my manager out in Del Rio, Texas. Uh, he's also worked in and out of the radio, uh, Christian radio music industry himself. And so we both teamed up. And uh, when he told me, hey, I really think that move would get a lot of, you know, good reception if we push it to radio hard. So we started doing that. And uh, just seeing the feedback that I've gotten, you know, I've gotten messages from people being like, hey, you know, I love this music. I think, you know, uh, I was having a bad day today. And, uh, you know, hearing this really helped me out today. You know, just those little comments here and there, whether it be on social media, whether it be through a text message, through personal friends that I know. And, you know, just being able to talk to people about my music like yourself. Um, I, I think just lately with the reception that Move has gotten um, and then going back and, you know, they go back and listen and I just move, but my other tracks that I've had out for a couple of years and be like, wow, I didn't realize that one was a good one too. Just that reception from people that I've gotten has really been a, a great and humbling experience. And, uh, you know, it's just something that I enjoy to do. If I can just help out one person and uh, make that one person smile, I think it's really well worth it. I took to, took to this uh, song straight away. I don't know how old you are, but this took me personally. It, it is current and up-to-date. It does have current and up-to-date elements in it, so I can't take that away. But for me personally, it took me straight back to about 1995 with some of the compilation albums I used to buy when I was 15. <laughs> and, you know, you got like Shaggy on there and <laughs> yeah, so, some of the uh, old-school hip-hop and... Yeah, it was, it was nice to hear that sound again. Would you say you take any influence from the 90s? <laughs> I actually do. Um, my parents, my so I'm I'm currently currently going to be 26 right now. Um, my parents had me at a pretty pretty young age. They're in their mid 40s right now. So growing up, my whole life, I listened to a lot of 90s music. <laughs> I listened to you know you got your pop bands, which are your typical you know In Sync and <laughs> Backstreet Boys, and then you have your other bands uh, that were more like your Nirvanas and Foo Fighters and things like that. And um, I take influence from both because my parents just grew up listening to both of them. So I've been around you know just listening the whole time um then you also have the hip-hop artists from back then as well and uh i know my 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 father was big into hip-hop and rap back in the day and so uh just being around all that and listening to a bunch of different genres has really been a pretty good influence i I try to take a lot of influence from yeah i would say the 90s and early 2000s that's pretty much one of my favorite eras of music Uh, i don't know if it was just because i was you know growing up around that time uh but I think the music was was well put together then and just try to push it now. And going back to Archie as well um, and his rap in the song Move, um, I know he listened to a lot of old school hip hop artists. You know, you got your your Biggies and your Tupacs and, you know, he's been trying to that, that's just his if you listen to his flow and the way he raps on it. Um, I would say that you can sort of hear some of those influences as well come out in his raps. And, and I think his rap is kind of distinct from a lot of other, a lot of other uh, rap artists that I've heard. And uh, that's why I wanted him on the track as well. So it was a good mix of both of our backgrounds put together. <laughs> and what artists would you say have uh, shaped the music that you do, you know, influenced your work? Um, now, I don't know if it's because vocally, I know I mentioned the 90s, um, but also the 2000s, like I mentioned, some of the early 2000s. And I don't know if it's because vocally my my vocals tend to be in the same range, more or less, as this person. And I get compared a lot to... Uh, to this band myself but uh, Maroon 5 I would say more earlier Maroon 5 if you listen to their first album songs about Jane um, that's actually my favorite album of all time and is that the uh, one with this love on it is yeah harder to breathe is the first track this love um, 
And so I think that album itself um, was more of a alternative rock style, um, more compared to their pop style that they have now. And that's pretty much what I what I really got intrigued by. When I first heard that album by them, I was like, wow, this is great. And uh, my band and I actually, outside of this EP with Archie in January, my band and I, we're going to start working on a, a new single coming out um, next year. Hopefully it's called uh, Resisting You. And that one, I think, has more of that feel with that early style Maroon 5. And um, I've been really excited to, <laughs> to work on that because uh, that's actually one of the first songs I wrote. Um, but I just haven't gotten around to record it yet. So, <laughs> yeah, be on the lookout for that one. But I would say it's it's early style, like Maroon 5. That's that's really somebody who I would say has influenced me. I'd say that sounds about accurate listening to your music, yeah. So where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? Um, That's a good question. So hopefully we, we're going to release this this EP, and then I, I plan on releasing another another track, from another EP with my band, and then uh, from there we want to release a, a full full album, and it'll be my first full album, right? Because I just have a bunch of singles right now. But after that album, um, we've been really wanting to do a tour, um, whether it be in the next year, two years, uh, doing a, a maybe a mini tour around the the southern states of the United States, and really pushing that hard throughout Texas because that's where we're all, where we're all from. And then outside of that, um, just really pushing hard into promotion and and pushing hard into into radio. And uh, I know I didn't really push my first couple singles to radio, but from now on, that's something that I really want to do. And hopefully, you know, I can see myself on the charts in a few years with uh, with some of those big name artists that we mentioned, and uh, you know, just help influence people and uh, just share my testimony and share my my story with those around me, and uh, hopefully influence them and. You know, they just uh, been able to enjoy it and uh, ride the ride the waves with me, and uh, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. I wouldn't say I have any really big, big goals, but uh, it's just been really just trying to push my my music out there, and uh, so people know my background, know my story, know who I am, and uh, you know, hopefully, I can uh, influence some people out there, just like I've gotten influence in the past with the the music that we mentioned earlier. It all sounds very exciting. I look forward to hearing your next releases. If this is what we've got now is your first music, I, you know, you, you always learn from your first, and that's where you're going to make all your your main mistakes. And to be honest, I don't hear many mistakes. So if you're just going to improve from here, I'm looking forward to seeing what you've got to to bring. I appreciate that very much, and uh, yeah, that that that's something that I just strive every day. Just try to learn what can I make better, what can I improve. Because the way I see it is, if if you're not if you're not growing, if you're not improving, you're regressing. Um, so that's just something that uh, yeah I take to heart, and I appreciate that. I appreciate your thoughts on my music. Cool. Right, I'm gonna throw a few silly little questions at you now. Um, firstly, I need to imagine you're going on holiday somewhere nice. And you're taking with yourself an MP3 player. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's an old MP3 player, and you only have WAV files on your computer, so you can only fit two songs on this MP3 player. Ooh. And they have to last you a week, and they're the only songs you're going to get to listen to. What are you taking with you? Oh, that's a good one. I've never heard that question before, anything like it. So um, going back to, to that album, <laughs> probably, probably... Probably this love. I know we mentioned it earlier by Maroon Five. That would be a great one. Um, and to be quite honest, hmm, 
I've never thought of. I know this love is one of my favorite songs, and and I'm sorry. I'm no, like, this happens every time, so it's nothing new. <laughs> and I'm thankful you're editing this. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Maybe I know this is a <laughs> this is a funnier one, and I don't know if you've ever gotten this kind of response, but uh, I'll take. I'll take pop by uh, by InSync. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and I think, wow. I, think I'll, I think I'll do so. I, so I think I'll take yeah, this love by Room Five, and probably pop by InSync. And I think I will have a great week <laughs> with those two that, songs. <laughs> that is the epitome of a pop song, isn't it? That wow! <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is a stereotypical pop song. Okay, yeah, no, if that's what you like, that's fine. <laughs> okay. I, I just need something to help me. I need something to keep me on track, and I have that room five, and I need something to just, uh, you know, keep me moving and keep me having a good time, <laughs> and I think I'll be fine with pop. I like there's a question you don't stray away from secular music. I know that when I was in that scene, <laughs> a lot of people can get very funny and very... Uh, very religious about it, if you like, and that they yeah. they will only listen to Christian music because obviously secular music's of the devil. No, and I, and I I think I think there has to be a balance of both. Now I, that that's just my opinion. If 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 you're letting that music influence you and you're never you know talking to God and never you know letting anybody know what He's done in your life or whatever, and you notice it's the music around you because I think music is very influential. Um, I think. You know, that's something that you have to discern within yourself if you should be, you know, listening to that much of it. But if there's a good balance, uh, I don't think there's anything harmful in that. And like we've learned, uh, you know, music can be very influential in the music that you do. So if I'm doing music and, uh, you know, I can take that the influences from other bands and, you know, apply it toward my Christian music. Uh, why why not? You know, exactly. Well, the next question, next question. I'm going to give you now the power to erase a song so it doesn't exist anymore. You hate it that much, you're going to get rid of it. No, And you don't care about the backlash, you're going to get off the people that do like it. What song are you going to get rid of? Oh. So um, many. Wow. I had to get rid of one song. Hmm. If you don't say Number of the Beast, now. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Uh, there's just some songs that I don't think should be songs. <laughs> <laughs> there's and a lot I'm of songs to, out there that aren't and songs. I'm trying, and I'm trying to think which ones irk me the most. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever heard the song I Love You, Poppy" by Jennifer Lopez. I think I have once or twice. And that song, when I first heard it, I was like, what is this? <laughs> and why is it on radio? <laughs> yeah. So, so I would be totally okay if that was not a song. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think many people would uh, come at you after, for, for that one. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear it anymore, so. <laughs> yeah, good choice. <laughs> Strategic choice, you're not going to get any backlash. <laughs> okay, what's my next question then? <laughs> Next question. Um, okay, if you could collaborate with one artist dead and one artist alive, who would you collaborate with and why? Um, <clears throat> going back to Christian music now, I've always said it. 
Um, if I could collaborate with one artist right now, somebody that I really think is influential in the game right now, who I think is, is you know, driven in the right direction and uh, driving in the right direction and uh, their music speaks for itself, I would have to go with Lauren Daigle. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she she's in a big in the Christian music industry right now. And uh, it's somebody that, you know, I know her music has influenced me in a great way. And um, she's pretty she's fairly young and fairly new, you know, recent five, six years that she's been out. But um, her music has been great. It's been on point, um, very influential, very big name right now in the Christian industry. And um, I just love her vocals. A lot of people call her the the Christian version of Adele. And uh, I think that's 100% accurate. And I think if we both have the same purpose, and that's to glorify God, and our music is more or less CCM, and that's what we're both striving for. And I think both of our vocals would look, would uh, sound amazing toward each other. I think that's somebody I would go for right now. Um, so, sounds a lot like Rebecca St. James. Yeah, yeah. You, do you know Rebecca St. James? Yeah, she's a little older of an artist, but yeah, I do. I've, I've listened to her music as well. Met her. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. that's pretty cool. That was some years ago, though. But yeah. If I had to go with somebody who's currently not alive right now, at the moment, uh, just trying to think off the top of my head. I'm trying to think who would be in your vein of music, other than yeah, Michael, that's what, Michael that's, Jackson. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Uh, something like that, because I don't, I wouldn't know. But so if I had to pick somebody who isn't alive anymore, that would be actually a really good one, Michael Jackson. I think his music is his music is so influential. Um, I have I have almost all his music on my on my phone, um, and I listen to it in the car all the time. And I think a lot of music nowadays has it been influenced by him. And uh, I think yeah. you, whether it be R and B or hip hop, a lot of people have mentioned him as a big influence. And um, I, I think without him, the the music industry would be a lot different than it is right now. And um, he doesn't have all those number ones for no reason. So that would be a great one. Absolutely. One of the best concerts I ever went to as well. Really? By, by far, that, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't have that opportunity, but I've heard a lot of great things about him, about his uh, concerts as well from multiple people. Yeah, definitely one of the greatest acts of all time. I don't think anyone will ever be able to be quite as influential as what he was. So... If our listeners want to get hold of you, they want to listen to you, they want to hunt you down and show you some love or whatever, where can they do this? Um, they can follow me at Matthew, with one T, MatthewMacielMusic.com. So if you go to Matthew Maciel Music, that's Matthew with one T, M-A-C-I-E-L, MatthewMacielMusic.com. It has all my social media sites. Um, new videos, new info about me, um, a little bit about my story, photos of, uh, you know, some concerts that we've done and performances in the past. So uh, just be able to check that out. That'll be great. Just want to apologize in advance because we've already recorded the the show where this will be put into. And I've been calling you Matthew McKeel in it. So that's OK. <laughs> you probably get I, that I, a lot. No, I, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So it's Maciel, Maciel. It's it's a Mexican last name, so yeah. However you want to pronounce it, that's I've gotten Macayo before, so okay. that's that's not as bad. <laughs> yeah, okay. so Macayo. And yeah, 
That just about covers it. So, yeah, thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, so we're going to play your song now, Move, by your good self and Archie. So, without no further ado, here it is. Move by Matthew, Maciel and Archie. Clear my throat, man. Matthew said I was gonna be able to sing this time. What? He said no. So I'm just rapping again? Man, he said I could sing this time. Alright, man, I guess. Here goes Matthew, he's about to sing again. Please don't stop me, let me go. Move your body to the floor. Feel the rhythm, feel the flow. The party is bumping, keep moving some more. Yo no estoy con los juegos Vamos a unirnos y encender este fuego He buscado por las nubes pero no encontré Esa luz que tu sonrisa me ha hecho ver Quiero comprenderte, ver tus ojos, conocerte Porque cuando Dios te hizo, Él te hizo fuerte Proverbs 31, woman, yeah, I praise your worth Seeking God while learning you, I don't call it work But I call it worth, you a rare Jew Heaven's floodgates open when I met you And you don't pay no mind to those fools bringing gold Faithful like Curry hitting three in a row So you wanna Please don't stop me, let me go Move your body to the floor Feel the rhythm, feel the flow The party is bumping, keep moving some more Please don't stop me, let me go Move your body to the floor Feel the rhythm, feel the flow Your hands in the air, feel the beat in your soul See you moving out, couldn't stand still Had to walk across the room to see if you was real Vibing to Lecrae with that good book Perfect smile on Matthew Masil, I hope you liked him. He was a lovely chap, a bit of a god man, as it were. That's what we're going to call them from now on, Wayne. God men. God men and women. Yeah, he loves the god. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's got everything. So, I used to be a god man once upon a time. Wayne, do you remember? I'm still a god man on me. Am I? I am on from the black country, so I'm a god man. Nobody else in the world will understand that. Only oh, no, us. That's why it's good. I'm it's, probably a very, go- it's a very regional joke, is that? Yeah, I'm probably going to have to edit it out. Oh, for God's sake. In fact, it's from the Black Country. For God's sake. 
I think you, I, I think you're overdoing it there, was, mate. Actually. I don't know what that was actually. Yeah. <laughs> For God's sake, that was half Scottish. <laughs> I can't do my own accent. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yes, that was Matthew Masiel, 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 Matthew Masiel with his song "Move." Um, a bit of a throwback for me. This one, Wayne, goes right back to for me about '95. You know, when you got Shaggy, people like that. Shakademus employers. Shakademus employers. I mean, how did they even come up with a name like that? Bubbler ranks. <laughs> Bubbler ranks. He wasn't really an artist. He, he did that. That song with the uh, what was his name? I don't you know. know mysterious, like mysterious it. girl. Nah, was that Bubbler Ranks? Yes, well, Peter and Jamie Bubbler Ranks. Da 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 da. How was it? Oh yeah. no, I'm thinking of Shabba Ranks, aren't you? Shabba Ranks. Yeah. Yeah, Bubbler Ranks. I only know Mysterious Girl. That's that's all he did. That is all okay. he did. I think. I mean, well, might good. have done something. Actually, we should get him on the podcast, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go searching for Bubbler Ranks. He's got to be yeah, out Bubbler there somewhere. Ranks. I'm sure he's probably just sweeping up in my intros or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get so much hate for that if he's still fucking touring and shit. He's definitely not. I think, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, what do you reckon to this, Wayne? Yeah, it's December when we're recording this. And, you know, this is a summer's tune, isn't it? It's a full-on, you know, a, you know, cocktail in hand in the lovely summer sunshine, you know, with shorts on, not freezing my tits off. But yeah, um, it's got a lovely uh, reggaeton feel, hasn't it? This Reggaeton? Yeah, you know, it's very popular, you know, Despacito and... Uh, oh, yeah. That sort of... That sort of thing. Yeah, there's one that Little Mix did. They did a re a remix of sort of another another song. It's very much in the same, you know, the same sort of feel as that. It's nice. It's a good song. It's, I, I enjoy it a lot. It's very commercial poppy. Um, oh, I'm not know. sure if it. I'm not sure if it sits well in the current climate. I don't know. Um, Mate, I, yeah, it does. You reckon? One hundred percent. I mean, like I say. It's it's perfectly in round about ninety five, but you know, Latino pop music is really at the forefront at the moment. It's it, of world music, it's right there, you know, because of the you know Despacito's like fucking nine million streams and whatnot else. Nine million, nine billion is what I meant to say. Nine billion streams of Despacito. So Latino music, reggaeton, that sort of feel is definitely is where it's you know if you're doing commercial. Um, pop, that's the place to be at the moment, I believe. I think it's a, a ge- geographical thing. I don't think it's so big in the UK. I think maybe in America. I think you'd but, be surprised. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Cause, but then again, cause I don't going... really ke- keep up so much with the the mm. uh, charts, do I? So in, in melody and rhythmic timings and things like that, just think of Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. That's got this doom, 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 doom. You know, it's got that same feel. So it's where it's at right now. I'll take your word for it then, Wayne. <laughs> don't um, take my word for it. Check the streams. Yeah. I've just don't lost. I've just lost what I am. I'm sorry, I'm looking for notes and stuff. And by notes, I just mean a folder full of songs. I've no notes because I deleted them because I didn't think I'd have to redo this episode again. Okay. Not happy with myself, Wayne. Not happy. Right, anyway, moving on. 
You know, I like, just, just to clarify, I do like this song. I like it a lot. Like I say, it's very nostalgic for me. It takes me back to that time. So, 94, 95 was probably my favourite time for music. It was, you know, I just discovered women and... <laughs> Not, like, they weren't there before? They just suddenly appeared? Oh, they were there, but I wasn't so bothered about them before. I was 14 and, oh, I was committing all manner of sins. Yeah. Okay. Anyway... Less about that. Moving on, but yeah, check check out uh, Matthew Masiel on all of his links that we'll leave in the show notes, so his Facebooks and his Instagrams and his Bebos and the likes and all his streams. On, I think he's on Spotify. He's probably on Apple Music. He'll be on all the main places. It's good music. It's fresh. Check him out. So, moving on to Born seventy four and. Arima Ariga with their song Blue Bossa. Uh, this chat isn't with them. It was a bit of a strange one. The chat is with their record label, Joe from the label that they're on. A good chat, interesting, interesting person, really interesting. So yeah, we're just going to stop talking now. Listen to it. Arima Ariga and Born Seventy Four. Um, they're doing a jazz track called uh, Blue Bossa, My Feeling, and my husband, Ashley Beadle, and Darren Morris, um, who owns North Street Studio Ones, uh, remixed it. They did an Africans on Mars remix. And this has really kind of got a lot of attention off people, including people like Jeff Young on Jazz FM, etc. And they're on my Ramrock Red label. So that's kind of the label that deals with all the jazz, blues, hip-hop, etc. So, yeah, I'm very excited about that because it's only uh, in demo format at the moment. It's only, you know, the promos have gone out and it's being released, uh, I think, round about October the 23rd. So who's the artist behind the the track? It's Well, the, the lady that's singing is called um, Arima Ariga. And she's from Barcelona, but her father uh, and mother were Ethiopian and Cuban. And she was actually born in Russia. So uh, she's got an extraordinarily musical background. And she hooked up with Born 74, who is the producer from Bristol. And they met on a, um internet site where people share tracks and kind of do collaborations together and they did the original and released it independently and then I got to hear it. I approached them and said look I'd really love to put this out on Ramrock Red would you be interested and um, they said yes I signed them and we've got seven inch vinyl coming out as well as digital and as I say, um, my husband, Ashley Beadle, did the remix and it's making a lot of heat, as they say. It's a great sound. I, um, we on the podcast tried to stay non-genre specific, as it were, so we, we, we open, we're open to pretty much all genres, but jazz, it gets left to the side a little bit. I love jazz. I'm, I'm a big fan of jazz. I'm no connoisseur, but I do love jazz. The other guys on the podcast aren't a big fan, but I do like it. So when the beat 
because I'm pretty much in charge of the B-sides. So every now and then I'll try and throw in the odd jazz track just to, uh, not just to annoy them, but because I think jazz deserves more of a platform than what it gets. I think it gets a bad press, if you know what I mean. Um, it's it's not the most mainstream of sounds, and you know you're dealing with people like Jamie Cullum and Jeff Young to get it out there. Um, there are dedicated shows on on other radio stations that really do a good job, but um, you know everyone thinks that jazz is going to be John Coltrane or Nina Simone, and that's not the case. There's a lot of really interesting stuff. Again, Giles Peterson. Um, on Worldwide FM has a lot to do with um, kind of promoting jazz and his Worldwide FM, the festival in the south of France, does a lot to kind of help with world music. And, um, you know, one day maybe everyone will be listening to jazz. That's one of my visions. But I think this is so accessible and so summary that you can't really not like it. So... That's that's the kind of angle that I pitch it on. You don't have to be a strokey beard, you know, bebop fan with a little jazz patch to listen to it. Yeah, I think people need to be a bit more open-minded because just like rock and any other genre, jazz has lots of sub-genres. So even if you don't like bebop, you know, there's probably other sub-genres of jazz out there that you most definitely will like. You know, I mean, it's, it spans as far as swing and, you know, it's just so vast jazzy. You just need to open your mind and uh, have a bit of a search, find something that you will like because there's, there's so much good out there. Well, if people are into kind of discovering stuff, Spotify um, or YouTube are great for doing that. You can put in Latin jazz, Cuban jazz, Boogaloo. Uh, that was a really interesting period in jazz when you had all the kind of uh, New York-based um, artists. You have people like Willie Bobo and uh, the Fania All-Stars and uh, Ray Beretta, and that was really danceable. So, you know, that might kind of get people into it. And then you kind of got the softer side of things where you got Dinah Kral and, and um, maybe a bit of Nancy Wilson if you're into a bit of female vocal. But there's uh, something for everyone in jazz. Yeah, I think so. So these guys that you're working with, is this a one-off collaboration or are they going to be doing some more things down the line? Um, Hopefully um, they'll have something else that they'd like to put with the label. When I invite people to the label, it's absolutely down to the artist whether it's going to be a one-off thing or whether they want to work with the label on other collaborations. For instance, people like uh, Greg Blackman, who's a fantastic soul singer, and he's been endorsed by the Rag and Bone Man. He's got a new album coming out. Um, I've put quite an extensive amount of his material out. And Joseph Malik, who is up in Scotland. I've just got back from five days in Scotland. Um, absolutely off the scale level of musicianship within his group out of the ordinary. You've got people like Malcolm Ross from Orange Juice, um, Stevie from The Proclaimers, you've got Chris Greaves, Demas. They're all top-notch musicians. And even Tam Dean Byrne from... Do you remember Taggart? I do remember Taggart. Yes. Well, his sidekick is Tam Dean Byrne. 
and he um, tries to encourage children to learn Robbie Burns as part of Scottish culture and the way that he puts things across is so entertaining and it, it brings that um, what you would think is quite kind of dry and musty 18th century poetry, he brings it to life and all the humour and the kind of little in-jokes that Robbie Burns used to put into stuff comes alive. And um, I would encourage everyone to go and have a little listen to Tam Dean Byrne. Marvellous. So you say you've been, work- you've been there five days working with these guys. What have you been doing exactly with them? I went up to the voodoo rooms in Edinburgh and I was part of the um, kind of extravaganza that they put on. They've introduced um, a new artist called Lindsay Trey. She opened the proceedings and I've just signed her. Um, She'll have something coming out soon with Ramrock Red called I Hate You. And it's a kind of... Janice Joplin meets Amy Winehouse meets Lindsay Dray. Um, superb singer-songwriter. Um, just uses a lot of acoustic guitar and uh, all very fresh and original. Um, then we went into the band and they did their album. Uh, it was the album launch for Stranger Things, which is out on Ramrock Red. And it talks about the whole kind of story of Leith and Edinburgh and the kind of transformation that it's going through at the moment. And we were absolutely blessed as Irving Welsh from Trainspotting got hold of a demo of the album and he's written the whole introduction uh, to the album, like a little mini biog. And... uh, We've had a lot of support from people on the BBC and um, a lot of the Scottish radio stations and presenters. So it's it's got a real kind of national identity about it. And um, I was speaking to Joseph Malik about future projects. And next year we'll be doing Diverse Part 3, which will be the last of the Diverse albums. He's had one and two. And this will be the last one. And it's a trilogy about his his life. And all the music is original. All the music is written by Joseph and his associates, Demas and Chris Grieve. And uh, it's it's really special. Sounds awesome. Sounds like you're making some making a lot of noise out there at the moment. I, to be honest, I'm not going to lie to you. I've never heard of Ramrock, but uh, you say you sound like uh, you you are getting out there, if you like. Um, yeah, we we kind of hold the dubious um, honour of seven weeks in a row radio play from Craig Charles last year for one of the tracks, uh, "Take a Left," which was off Joseph's Diverse Part Two album. I think Craig probably plays that in his sets when he goes out and DJs. And we've been lucky enough to have the full support of Vic Galloway from BBC Radio Scotland and uh, from Radio 6 with the likes of Mark Riley and people like that. And, I mean, it's me that's running the whole four labels. I've got a house label as well, and I literally run them off my kitchen table. So... It can be done, and if you're, you know, lucky enough to find 
amazing talent and it is out there um there's a lot of fun to be had sounds like a lot of hard work i've only got this one podcast and uh, I, I know how much hard work goes into this so i can imagine running that many labels can be a lot of hard work and a lot of a lot of hours uh it is you have to be incredibly disciplined and organized and Quite a few of the artists, for instance, people like Substance Abuse, who are an L.A. hip-hop group, and I've got the wonderful Camilla Wahid, who's from New Jersey. Because of the time difference, I find myself sitting in the bedroom with the headphones on, chatting to them at five o'clock in the morning, just so I can uh, <laughs> I can catch up with the time difference. But um, it, it is literally about people... I don't know, I've just been incredibly lucky with um, people sending me stuff. They've heard what I do. And to be honest, there's there's very little that I have to knock back. And people like Substance Abuse, who had um, the Bridges EP, are working with hip-hop legend AC Alone from the Friendship Fellowship from the 90s. So, you know, I have a, a very large proportion of well-established musicians and artists on the label as well as new talent that's kind of coming up through the ranks and that's what I really like to do is to encourage people and just say look you know you're doing amazing stuff and there is a home for you and once you join Ramrock you know we working with the likes of Baby Bam from the Jungle Brothers um, on his next album and then we can be working with, you know, a disco artist or I can be working with somebody else. And I link everybody up so that everybody gets a chance to work with. If they're not a singer songwriter, but they're a composer, then there can be collaborations that they can come back to the label with and say, look, Joe, this is what we did when you hooked us up. It's um, kind of like working in a sweet shop, being able to eat loads of sweets without getting fat it's that it's, <laughs> it's that much analogy. fun <laughs> so yeah i am absolutely blessed but um you know i have the ramrock Bandcamp page and i oversee all the artwork i am involved with remixing and producing um as part of the north street crew and that can be with darren morris and ashley beadle or just with Darren Morris. And, you know, that kind of keeps my musical hand in. I can't think of anything I'd like to be doing more. You know, it's one of those instances. I didn't start until I was 54. And, yeah, I've been doing it for five years now, and I'm not giving up. Awesome. Um, so the track that you're bringing today by the art... The, uh, do the, do the artists have a collective name, like a band name? or? Well, it's Born 74. Born is the 74. Producer, yeah. And then Arima Ariga is the vocalist. Okay. But they don't have any, like, collective band name. They're just... That's, that, just... Is their, that is their nom de plume. That okay. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, the track that you're bringing for us to play today, uh, what track is that? It's called um, Blue Boss of My Feeling. Is that a part of an EP or an album? It's um, it's part of the Blue Boss of My Feeling EP that features the original and the Africans on Mars remixes. So you've got the 
vocal and the piano dub. Yeah, and if our listeners want to maybe find out about more about you, what you do, uh, find out more about the, the, the artist. Best thing to do is probably go on to Bandcamp and the track is up on Bandcamp under the Ramrock page and it's got a full biog and also Arima Ariga and Born74 are both on Twitter and Facebook. Excellent. And as always, you'll be able to find all the links to the artist and Ramrock records in the show notes. We'll put them in there so you can check them out. So, yeah, thank you for joining me, Joe. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you for having me, Richie. So without no further ado, here is Blue Boss at My Feeling by Born74 and... Arima Ariga.
God, I love that, that sound. A, that is a pretty good um, beatbox, that is, mate, to be honest. Yeah, check, check, check this. <laughs> you've got you've got this hidden talent in your way still on the Coronation Street theme tune. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, so that was not Johnny went off to war, which is what I'm looking at. That was actually Blue Bosser by Arima Uriga and Born Seventy Four. Born Seventy Four, I think, produced it. Arima Uriga is the female vocalist. Now I chose this Wayne as. You you already know, I don't know what I'm telling you, but I chose this because you know I like jazz. I like this a lot. This is good and it's palatable, this is. This is palatable for the ute. This is palatable for anyone. It reminds me a bit of Parov Steelar and their music. It's, it's beautiful. I love it. I love it a lot. I love it a lot. It's something that you can bop to, I think. Uh, but I hope these people, these two, do something in future together because... Uh, mm-hmm. I think it'd be a waste if they don't. I don't know if they've done an album. I, I don't remember the chat I had with Joe. I need to listen to that back. Anyway, what do you think? Yeah, this is a really nice throwback to like 90s acid jazz and uh, that sort of feeling. You know, it. I've I've just played a little bit for you, but it reminds me of um, the Dave Brubeck band and their song Take Five. You know, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. You know that one. Yeah. It's got that sort of feel to it. Not accidental, obviously. I was just reading up on them, yeah. She's born to uh, an Ethiopian father and a Cuban mother. And uh, Interesting. She's from, yeah, she's from Cuba, I believe. I like it when jazz doesn't sound like it's come straight out of a porno. This doesn't <laughs> sound like it's come out of a porno. I, I don't think jazz sounds like it come out of a porno. So, some jazz does, and I love jazz, but some Are you jazz. Are really like high grade porn? Is that what you're doing? I just remember the videotapes that my dad used to have from back in the day. That wasn't. Yeah. That was sort of sleazy soul. That was. No, it was you jazz. Know? It was a bit of jazz. No. Some girl in a some girl in a barn with That's, short no, shorts it's, on. It's. It's sleazy soul and funk. It's like seventies porn music, you know. Boom, check. That sort of thing. Exactly. You're going to eat that. You know, that sort of thing. Miami Vice porn. Yeah. I'm choking. I think you. I think you were listening to you. You. You used to watch middle class porn when I used to watch the high end stuff. Exactly. Yeah. This is what it is. Yeah, anyway. Your dad had a better collection than mine, obviously. Well, one of them in the <laughs> videotape in, watch it for 10 minutes, and then you had to rewind it to exactly the place where you found it. You remember, Wayne? Wow. Mm. I don't remember as well as you, mate, I think. And if you didn't if you didn't have them, all we had was the K's catalogue, the knicker section. Or, or yeah, or being over a park somewhere and hoping somebody took the noddy mag. <laughs> Yes, oh yes. <laughs> just one page, you'd go through the woods and find one page. <laughs> pair of, some, you know, just a pair of tits. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Go and hide that in the bedroom. So, Well, anyway, this is a music podcast about lesser-known music by lesser-known artists. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, I, I, I like this song. It didn't doesn't sound like something from a high end porn film. It's it's a bop. It's something you can tap your feet to. It's something you can get up and have a good dance to. Okay, if, if I've got a party or something, I could easily put this on, and you'd get people on the dance floor to this. It's good. She's got good, great vocals, and he seems like a great producer. What else is there to say, Wayne? What else is there to say? You're not, you're not trying hard enough. Say something. Am I not? Well, no. All right. So, so yeah, like I said, he's got that, you know, that nineties acid jazz, you know, sort of tribe called quest feel. You know that sort of feel to it, um, where it's got that old school element of jazz, but it's like you said, it's palatable. You know, um, I don't listen to this and instantly think like uh, Duke Ellington or um, obviously uh, Camp Basie or anybody like that. You know, the 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 old god of jazz. I, I listen to this and think, yeah, nineties. You know, decent. You know. Acid jazz. Is it good? Doop, remember doop. Doop, 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 doop. A doop, 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 doop. Yeah, that was a really strange resurgence. That was sort of... That's a bit of a forgotten um, classic, isn't it, though? Yeah, that was uh, that was like the start of that whole um, flapper, sort of... Um, yeah, which ironically sort of was in that... Which is not ironically, but which was the name of one of our teachers that we gave him. What, we, flapper? Yeah, we called him Flapper. Okay. <coughs> he had big ears. That's it. God, you yeah. were inventive, weren't you? It's all that high-class porn you were watching. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't think straight. <laughs> uh, oh, I've just done your slurpy trick. Yeah. That porn had storylines. Oh, you don't want that. That's just, we're, still, we're, still, we're still talking about it, Wayne. We're still talking about it. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Yeah, so yeah, check them out. I'll leave whatever links I can find to them in the show notes. Uh, the, the, the Ramrock Records was the uh, label they're on. That was yeah, who, it was a good interview, that was, yeah. Yeah, that's who I was speaking to, Joe from Ramrock. She I listened run, to that interview like three and a half months ago. <laughs> yeah, that is, I, I, I'm thinking now, at this point, she's thinking, they're not going to release that, are they? <laughs> At, at this point, but it was a while ago. At, at this point, when we released this, that this this is the this is their older old single. They've got a new one out, probably. Yeah, we didn't have frost the last time when I listened to that interview. Yeah, we have frost now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we need to get this one out as quick as possible. Um, I think so. <laughs> right. So we'll move on swiftly to our next and f- not a final artist. But our next artist, who is who are the Long Farewells, and their song "Johnny Went Off to War." So this is "Johnny Went Off to War" by the Long Farewells, first fifth by the Long Farewells. This is my chat with them and their music. Enjoy. Aaron Rester and I have been playing music together for probably eleven years, maybe twelve years. We were in a five-piece band called the Lost Cartographers. Um, and we, that band broke up, but Aaron and I stayed musically connected and just kept playing music and decided to record some of the songs that we did not record with the band. And so we decided to just record them as an acoustic duo, um, with just the two of us and a fiddle player whose name is Sarah Blick, who's on the album as well. And we just wanted kind of a more spare, more acoustic sound than what we had previously recorded. 
Okay. Why did you ditch the name The Lost Cartographers? That is a fantastic name. <laughs> a lot of people would probably miss the irony in it, but it's brilliant. <laughs> it is. It was good. We felt we needed to move away from the, the, the full band sound. And we had a drummer, a bass player, and a keyboard player who uh, we no longer play with, who are awesome, talented musicians. But we felt that we needed to sort of rebrand ourselves a little bit um, and and move away from that name as an identity. And how did the Lung Farewells come about the name? Um, it was kind of Aaron's idea, but we wanted something that captured sort of a lot, uh, you know, the things that we that we sing about and that Aaron and I wrote about in our music. There's a lot of tragedy and a lot of sort of beautiful things that are also kind of dark. So we wanted a name that had some contrast to it and that was sort of sad and evoked a, a longing. Um, and I feel like the name does that. Okay, cool. That's uh, very synonymous with country music, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the album itself is based a lot on historical events. So there is a song about the race riots in 1919 that happened in Chicago. There's a song about Frank Lloyd Wright. Um, and there's a song about a train wreck. So there's a lot of historical references. Um, and so we also wanted a name that connected to a sense of history. So your sound, how would you describe your sound? I would describe our sound as kind of a folky country sound with a little bit of a dark darkness to it. So there's kind of a gothic folk element to our music. We've got some country, some country tempos in there, but I think our music is a little bit less um, simple than country music can be. And there's a lot more contrast and a lot more complexity to most of the songs. So what are your positions? What do you do? Obviously, you're the vocalist. Do you do anything else? Yeah. Uh, musically speaking, um, when we perform live, I play guitar. Um, for the recording, Aaron played guitar. Um, so I do all the lead vocals and all the harmonies. And Aaron plays guitar, bass, harmonica, fiddle. No, he didn't play the fiddle, sorry. Banjo. And then we had um, a fiddle player named Sarah Blick who relocated to California. Yeah, so during a, during a live performance, our, our dynamic changes a little bit where I play acoustic guitar and Aaron plays the electric guitar for playing together, and then we'll bring in a third member um, who will play the bass. Okay. I'm listening to your music. I mean, obviously, you, you have to go in the studio and do what you do, but to me, you, you come across more like a, a live band, the kind of band that would be better to listen to. I'm not saying that the, the album's bad because it's not as good, but I think that you would come across amazing live and... Obviously, you've done the albums and everything because that's going to get your name out there and get you the gigs and everything. Would that be right? Yeah, I think um, a live performance in general with any artist, it's easier to convey the emotion that you're trying to get across in the studio. Um, it doesn't always translate very well to a live recording. So it, they're just two totally different things. In, a re in the recording studio, you can add elements that you can't do live. For example, I can't sing melodies and harmonies at the same time. But in the studio, I can harmonize with my lead vocals and create a really complex vocal landscape. I can't do that live, so I have to bring in another singer. But at the same time, I feel that the emotion of the songs is more powerful in a live performance. So I think they're both good. They're in their own way. Yeah, they're just different. Okay. I wasn't knocking the recording. Oh, they're, they're beautiful. They kind of remind yeah. me a bit of a... If, the beautiful beautiful south went all contrary oh Can thank you so much yeah, yeah thank you so much that's 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 great thank you yeah <laughs> okay 
Um, I also think that in a live performance, we're probably a little bit more upbeat than the recording would let you would lead you to believe. So we we do some covers that are kind of more upbeat and fun. So Aaron and I have been playing together a long time, and we usually always do Jolene, a really up tempo version of Jolene by Dolly Parton. Um, we have a show on November fifteenth in Chicago, and we're going to do a couple upbeat covers just to kind of. You know, it, the emotional content of the album is pretty heavy, so we want to create some more d- dynamics within that so that people don't just sort of get dragged down into this sad, <laughs> sad sort of landscape. Uh, so to date, since you've been together, your, your musical career, what would you say have been your most standout moments? Um, I would say... <laughs> We're kind of new with the Long Farewells dynamic. We haven't started playing out live because our album comes out November 1st. Um, So once we kind of get going, we have a release show on November 15th, and then we'll kind of see where this takes us. But as the Lost Cartographers, Aaron and I played um, the Taste of Chicago, which was this, it's a huge music festival, not quite as big as Lollapalooza, which I'm sure you've heard of, but there's some pretty big name acts who play at Taste of Chicago. So we headlined their their folk Americana stage, and that was really amazing. We It was an outdoor music festival, and we just had a really big audience, and it was just a wonderful experience. So I would say that was probably one of the most standout moments. We've also gotten to open for some pretty great musicians. Um, we've opened for the Katie Todd Band and Lillian Madeline, Jill Andrews, who's a singer from Nashville. And those were just wonderful experiences at really good venues here in Chicago that were really great. And yeah. What about the future of th- this band? Have you got any shows coming up? Have you got anything lined up? Yeah, we have a show um, November 15th here in Chicago. That's our album release show. And it's at a venue called the Montrose Saloon. So I'm not sure if your listeners will be, you know, they're probably all over the world or maybe just in the UK. Um, no, they're all but... over the world, mainly in America. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, we're, yeah, we're playing the Montrose Saloon in Chicago. Um, November 15th at 9 p.m. And um, that's our kind of album release show. And then we'll book some more gigs in the winter. The winter is a tough time to play live music in Chicago because the weather can be a little bit dicey. Um, Windy city. (laughs) Yeah. We get a lot of snow in December and January. So, you know, shows are canceled. Cars don't start. Things like that. So December and January might be a little bit slow. And then we'll pick back up in the spring and start playing out regionally. Who would you say your inspirations? Who inspires you? Your work, obviously you both have different inspirations, but who would you say mainly inspires the the work as it is? I would say, I can speak for Aaron, that probably the old 97s is one of his favorite bands. I think I can say that pretty confidently. Um, for me personally, songwriters and vocalists like Patty Griffin, you know Patty Griffin, um, American singer. Well, no, um, I'm not familiar yeah. with her work though. I would say that her songwriting and her singing is probably has been a huge influence on me. Um, I love artists like the Civil Wars, um, Dolly Parton, obviously, as a songwriter. Um, I think collectively between the two of us as our, our sound, um, probably influenced a lot by bands like uh, the Cowboy Junkies, who have kind of a more spare, acoustic, slightly kind of haunting sound that's not straight country. Um, I listen to all sorts of music. I listened to a lot of country music growing up. My mom played a lot of country music around the house. Um, she was from Kansas City, and my dad was from Kansas, so we had a lot of country music at home. But I would say that this band is a little bit less country and a little bit more folk. So my personal influences are probably a little bit more country than Aaron's are. 
Yeah, do you know, now you say that, I, yeah. Because I do hear country in it. I hear nuances of country, but I think that's your yeah. singing. Yeah. So, yeah, now that you've pointed it out, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the vocalists that I loved and listened to growing up were always country singers. And so um, just songs that told really good stories have always been powerful influences to me. Okay, right. I'm going to throw a few more quick questions at you. Sure. Firstly, you're going on holiday and uh, going somewhere nice on holiday. Where would you consider nice, firstly, before we carry on? If I could go anywhere? Yeah. <laughs> well, I have small children, so I, I don't really travel that much anymore. But You're not taking could... them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I'd probably go to the mountains. I'd go probably out west. Um, I'd go Colorado, Montana, Wyoming. It's cold, isn't it? Maybe I wouldn't go, like, right now, but I might go over the summer. Okay. Wouldn't you usually go to Colorado yeah. mountains to go skiing? Mm, it's really nice in the summer there. It's really okay. dry. I wouldn't know. I've never been. Yeah, it's real sunny. You can do some hiking. I love the mountains. That's probably okay. what I would. Yeah. So you, you go, you're going there for a week, and you're taking with you a, a really crappy MP3 player. You can only fit two <laughs> songs on it, and those oh, are the God. only two songs that you can listen to all week. So what oh two God. songs are you going to stick on there? Wow, okay. So I go through periods of time where I get real obsessed with a couple songs and listen to them all the time. So I'm going to answer that question based on what I've been listening to a lot right now. Songs that I'm not sick of yet. So uh, there's an American singer who's kind of famous. Well, he's very famous, named Chris Stapleton. You've probably heard of him. I love him, yeah. Okay. He was in a band, a bluegrass band called The Steel Drivers, and they have a beautiful song called Rare Rainbows Never Die. And I've been listening to that song on repeat a lot. So I would probably bring that one. It's a beautiful song about an old man at the end of his life. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see, I'd probably bring Heavenly Day by Patty Griffin, which is a beautiful, real happy, kind of upbeat song. She actually wrote it about her dog, which I didn't know, but you could apply it to anyone who is an important person in your life. And I, I don't think I could ever get sick of that song. Okay. Good choices, I think. I'm not really that familiar with them, but I'll take your word. I'll check them out. Yeah, yeah, check them out. Will do. Okay, so next question. If you had the power to erase one song so it doesn't exist anymore, you hate it that much, so nobody can ever listen to it, you're just going to get rid of it completely and you don't care about the backlash, what would you get rid of? Oh, I love this. This is such a good question. Love it. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say, okay, just one. <laughs> Most people are reluctant to get rid of one. You want to get rid of loads? <gasps> There's a few, but I'll I'll just stick to one. I would have to say Old Town Road. Do you know that song? Oh, that's going to be a very unpopular decision. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, would say, I would say Old Town Road. Okay. Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus. I'm going to get rid of that one. All right. Hopefully forever. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Oh, it's so nice to have somebody who's brutally honest. Okay. I'm sorry if I offended any young listeners because I know my, my eight-year-old son really likes that song, but I'd be happy if I never heard it again. So Yeah. Uh, I, I get, I'll, get, I'll get you. Okay. Fair enough. Right then. Okay. If you could collaborate with one artist dead and one artist alive, who would you collaborate with? Wow. Okay. Um, I would... Let's see... Alive, um, 
I would probably, I'm going to say Patty Griffin because she's just such an amazing singer and she's such a brilliant songwriter. Um, and then um, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Prince. I know that seems really like outside of the box of what we've been talking about, but I, I love Prince and thinks, thinks he's brilliant. He's a popular um, choice. Yeah, so I would say Prince. Cool, excellent. Yeah. Why Prince? Um, because I, th- I think that he transcended a lot of genres. I mean, he was in no way country at all, but um, his songs were emotionally resonant with so many people. And he was a brilliant songwriter and his guitar playing was, was amazing. I mean, it would, be, it would be hard to be in the same room with him because he's so famous. But um, I just think he is such a, has such depth and complexity to the music that he has created or he had created. I think he was quite adaptable as well. I mean, a lot of people don't yeah. realise what he was capable of or some of the stuff that he did. I mean, country music yeah. he could probably adapt to quite easy. Yeah, and I think he was sort of underappreciated as a, a lead guitarist in a lot oh, of definitely. Time. One of my favourite uh, scenes that I watch quite often on YouTube is when uh, he's one of his solos with um, a few other famous guys. I think Eric Clapton's one of them, and uh, yep. he, he just breaks out into this solo, and it's absolutely amazing. I think that's at the um, someone's getting inducted in the Hall of Fame. I think it was when Ringo Starr was getting inducted, maybe. And maybe they yeah. Were- so you know what I'm on about then. They, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I think and when he's finished, he throws the guitar over the back of his head and walks off. Yeah, that was the one because they didn't want him to do it because they didn't think he could handle it, and then he just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. So okay, then if our followers, our listeners, want to follow you, they want to stalk you, they want to listen to you, show you some love, whatever. Where can they yeah. do that? Um. They can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, The Long Farewells, on Facebook. We also have a website, thelongfarewells.com. We are on SoundCloud, we are on Bandcamp, and we are on Spotify. So they can add um, songs to their playlist. Right now, Johnny is on Spotify, and I know it's getting some circulation on different playlists. Um, On November 1st, all of these songs will be available online. Johnny went to war. Johnny went off to war. Johnny went off to war. Johnny went off to war. And that is the song we're about to play. Johnny went off to war. So, yeah, um, just want to say thank you for joining me and taking time out. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. So, right, without no more further adieus, here is the long farewells with their song, Johnny went off to war. Closing, I want to know who's 
them that was what they do that that was their chat with me that was their music this is very this is in no way at all mainstream it's 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 like it's proper old-fashioned folk this is sitting around the campfire type folk you know this isn't uh, the kind of thing that you're going to hear on radio i don't think but i don't think that's why they're doing it they're trying to just keep something alive and I think they're doing it well. I think they're doing it well. What did you think of this, Wayne? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very niche, this. There's a massive market for it, you know. There's there's, there's festivals built around this type of music. Our friends from Bamboozle, you know, they fit into festivals with that sort of thing. This is sort of skiffle with, you know, that early 1920s sort of roadshow ethic. Uh, or early, in fact, earlier than that, you know, like 1900s. You still there, mate? Yes, thank you. Oh yeah, sorry, you, you cut off completely. It's really disconcerting. Yeah, it's it's the way I've set, sort of set up the audio. Mm. Uh, so yeah, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I I like the song. I like the genre. There's a few things in it that I picked up. I, I weren't over keen on the vocal doubling. If it is vocal doubling, I uh, no, it's uh, it'll it'll be vocal cork. <laughs> what? You said doubling. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Shit, man. It's, listeners, all I can say is I'm sorry. It's coming to the end of the year. It's been a fucking really long one. And we're all a bit tired <laughs> and a bit dazed. And that's the sort of level of fucking comedy you can expect from us. Oh, absolute top quality comedy. You can <sighs> see me. You'll, you'll be seeing me in the Apollo before you know it. Yeah. Fucking cleaning up. By the, by Clean, the security <laughs> cleaning up after the real comedians. Oh um, yeah, um, I like the fact that they're. Am I, am I right in saying that they're going back and finding out stories that um, hadn't been 
release you know sort of old stories that needed to see the light of day sort of thing and they're putting it to music and that sort of thing yes yes this is this yeah. is what i got from this the chat with her that they're bringing to light the, you know stories that they don't want to get lost however this one johnny went off to war johnny went off to war um she, so this story is obviously from the the wife's perspective so she went to johnny's brother for comfort Shagged under the tree or something like that. Oh yeah. yeah. Then John, obviously, probably, you know, it's not in the right mind. She's worried out of her head. He's not coming back, so she seeks comfort elsewhere. Gets the wrong kind of comfort. Johnny says he's coming back. Skin and bone, skin. And, well, I, don't, I don't know why that. Anyway, so obviously there's some sort of guilt. So she goes down to the lake to drown her sins or something like that. So I'm guessing she killed. She, she kills herself. I don't know why this story needs to be remembered. There's a lot of stories just, from that time. It's, and this no, this, I, this is the kind of shit that happens all the time. Now, I, 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 it, it's, maybe it's I'm just me. It's, you know, if it happened today, nobody would care and she wouldn't kill herself because it's not the shame of it. You know, these things need to be remembered because she was just... You can't even think of a reason yourself. No, I'm speaking, I'm speaking on behalf of a woman who is long dead. Uh, maybe of drowning herself or just time in general. You know, put yourself in their position. Their, their, their husband goes off to fight a war, especially that would be the First World War, I think, that she's talking about. He goes off to fight a, a first, the First World War, which is all about, you know, European crowns and, you know, lack of respect and, and just, you know, assassinations. The Americans had no part in this war. Aren't really these guys still. American? Yeah. And I think and it's about no the story's about their their town or the where they come from. So they weren't even even involved in the First World War. But Americans did fight in the First World War. Did they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. So no, he, the he hence hence why it was a World War, I suppose. Yeah, he goes off to fight. You know, in a war that really that he doesn't really need to be involved in. Um, and then. I'm assuming he disappears. She seeks solace somewhere else. It's just the shame of it. These things do need to be documented of a fashion, you know. And it's just, it, if nothing else, it's, it's a good topic for a for a song, isn't it? You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good. So I, I I do struggle with the topic, and but as a, as a folk song and what they're doing as a whole, I, I do commend. Mm. I just struggled a bit with that one story. But do mm-hmm. check them out because what they're doing is very commendable and it's it's very good stuff. So we'll leave all the links well, in the show like notes. Say, if they get into the right circuits, because, you know, these guys aren't going to break the charts at any point and they're not going to be troubling, you know, 90, I'm going to say 98% of record labels. But there is room in the market for them out there. There is room to, you know, go and play and be professional musicians the rest of their professional lives because there is room there is you know there are festivals dedicated we've got at least about 50 in this country dedicated to retro music and and you know back in the day sort of feels you know how many uh you know like we we the, we got the black country museum just down the road from us how many times did they have like a roaring 40s weekend during the summer you know this is the thing. Our, yeah. our country's rife with um festivals but i, I think the u.s is a it's a bit less diverse with their um, eclectic range of yeah, they need to get across festivals. The they need they need to get over here. There's, yeah. there's probably over a hundred different festivals that they could. Easily. Uh, yeah. You know, 
from ranging from you know thirty thousand people down to three hundred every weekend, you know, and that's just the way it works here, you know. But I've lost count of the times I go to. I've been to like a little vintage weekend just up the road at um, in Baywood or somewhere like that, and you get, you know, them sort of fifties. Uh, what were they called? The, the something sisters. They're from the forties. Sorry. You know, like um, I call them uh, glamophones. Is that is that a band of glamophones? You know what I mean? Like three women singing sort of harmonies over some swing. Yeah. You know that sort of music. This, this you know, it's rife, and in and in Europe to be fair as well. You know, and just thinking about it, our friends Bamboozle. Every time I open Facebook, they're somewhere else in the world. You well, know, Bamboozle are Bamboozle. Yeah, they've got everywhere. They I haven't seen anything of them for ages. You're not looking in the right place, man. They're very active on Facebook. Oh, they are. I'm always on Twitter. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. It might be good to get them back on in the future if they have time. Yeah, they're doing They're doing wonders. Very good, very good, very good. Okay, then. Yeah, check them out. As I said, worth a listen. Worth checking out. Yeah. Right, moving on. Moving on to our next artist. Who's our next artist, Wayne? It is the wild card, Richard. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Oh, oh. Okay, so our wild card... Oh, steady on there, Wayne. Our wild card this week is a band called Ten Catastrophe... Ten Kate Strat... Kate Strat... Catastrophe. It's not, there's no A. Kate Strat. Trust me, it's Catastrophe. It can't because there's no A before the R. Ka. Kate. Strat. Oh, okay, so it's not Kate. (laughs) No, it's... Catastrophe. It looks like Kate Strat is what it looks like. You're right. That's how it's spelt, isn't it? Kate Strat. Catastrat. It's like a... Sounds like a a guitar, doesn't it, that? Um, Okay. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to agree with you when it's Catastrat. All right. Um, This is what they say. No, it's not. It is. Yeah, it is. An English singer-songwriter, Brexit refugee and former street busker, Stephen started playing his new heartfelt... Do you like my dorsal tones that I'm trying to put on, Wayne? (coughs) Very Radio... Radio 4, this one, to be honest. That's Radio 4 more than Radio 2. Good for Radio 2. Because usually I'm I'm sounding like the guy out of... uh, It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, the the, the squeaky one. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm trying to put on a bit of a bit of a voice. I might start talking like this actually. So, an English singer songwriter, Brexit yeah. refugee, and former street busker Stephen started playing his new heartfelt political songs at the Amsterdam. Uh, cuckoo! <laughs> oh God! It's all right. You can wipe that off my end. Just keep reading. <laughs> Did you like that voice, Wayne? Was that working for you? Maybe it's somewhere between. Tony Blackburn and Jeeves from Jeeves and Worcester. You wouldn't have told it was me, though, would you? I, I would, because, yeah, because I was there. OK. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's do this properly. An English singer... Song, oh, I've got your cuckoos in the background. It's ridiculous. <coughs> Wayne, it's finished now. No, no one has a cuckoo clock. I have a cuckoo clock. An English singer-songwriter, Brexit refugee and former street busker, Stephen started playing his new heartfelt political songs at the Amsterdam Songwriters Guild, Guild of Songwriters, open mic in 
August 2017. Influences include Neil Young, Leonard Cohen, Tom Waits, Jeff Buckley, Jack, Jack, Jacquez, Jackie, Jackie Brill, Johnny Moore, I just slurped again. Sonic Youth and Radiohead. Fucking slurping. I keep doing. I know. I know most of them. I don't know what's what do uh, I just slurped again. Sing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even edit out the slurps, but at least now I've recognised them, so I can try and keep the, the slurps down to a minimum. Yes, uh, that's a brief bio of uh, Stephen. I'm guessing he's the lead of Catastrophe. So this is this is the song, which is called what is it called, Wayne? It's called Leaving Everything Behind.
So that, ladies and gentlemen, people of all ages and races and creeds <laughs> and everything else, that was Wayne sneezing. But um, that was also a song called... Go on, Wayne. Leaving Everything Behind. Leaving Everything Behind by 10 Kate Strat. 10 Catastrat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, remind me, it reminded me of the Smiths a bit. Well, that's Johnny Marr, isn't it? So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, is that Johnny Marr, is he? Yeah, it is on. Ah, okay, that, that, there you go then. Yeah. Um, it's a bit drone, drony for my liking. Uh, this was very shoegaze. This is shoegaze to the max. This is shoegaze turned up to 11. So yeah, what did what did you like this? Yeah, so it's got it's got a throwback to the um what well, everything that he's he's referencing, you know, everything that he's he's saying that is is um influences. You know, he's right there, you, you don't have to look very far. He's got a very Brian Ferry sort of tone in his voice. Um you remember that, you know, is it X- XTC's uh was that Brian Ferry? I can't remember who's Brian Ferry was in though. You know, slave to love and all that sort of songs. Remember them? No. From the eighties. Um, no, I didn't like Brian Ferry. It's Roxy Music is is his uh, is his band, but yeah, synonymous with that. You know, there's lots of uh, production on this. There's lots of reverb. There's lots of you know delayed and phased guitars and all that. But he works well. He works well for what he's going for. You know, that's that's his brand of music. That's what he wants to be putting out there. There's moments where you can definitely pick up all of his influences in this song. And if you like any of his influences, you're going to like this. It's as easy as that, you know. He's not reinventing the wheel. He's doing what he loves and he's doing it with the people who he loves in mind. You know, Yeah, he's wearing all of his influences on all of his sleeves, even his trouser sleeves, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's so processed, so processed. If this was a meat, it'd be spam. <laughs> so processed. Uh, it's not my bag, but I understand nope. that there's a big core for this out there. But people love this type of music. There so lot, there was a period though where where a lot of the people he's talking about did do that. You know, they reached that point where overproduction. It's it's the it's the point, and you'll agree with this, Rich. It's the point where a band. Um, ceases to be the band they were struggling to do gigs you know having to catch buses and trains with equipment and then all of a sudden it's you're in the studio and you're in that bubble so overproduction becomes the norm because that's what you do now that's you know you become this professional entity so you're trying to make this high class polished um, product rather than it being what you were you know, so many bands are guilty of that, and and that's just the sound he's going for. You know, it's just twenty years, thirty years after these guys have have finished their sort of blossoming careers. Yeah, I I agree. I don't disagree. Only I think it can work against you, especially if you're going to do live shows. If you're processing so much in the studio, when it comes to live, there's no way that you can produce that quality of sound and those sounds as it as it is. And I think if somebody's coming along to listen to that, I think they might walk away a bit disappointed. Uh, ten, ten catastrophe, by the way. 
Yeah, the Tenkata Strat is an area of Amsterdam. Oh, okay. That's that's what it is. It's good to know. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so that was them. I, don't, not, I know it sounds like I was being a bit um, derogatory negative. toward... Neg- <laughs> negative, negative toward them, but um, <coughs> no, they're good. They're, what, what they do is good. Uh, I can't take that away from them. It's just not my bag, but the people out there that do like this type of music, I think would absolutely love this. So kudos to them. Check them out. If you do like that kind of music, check them out. Check them out on all the streams. We'll leave all of the links and everything else for you to check them out. Because that's what we're like. We're, we're nice like that. We're lovely people. Get to know us. That's what you should do. Fuckers. <laughs> So I think um, yeah, we always I finish th- rich on the artist who we've been talking to. Mm, we so, don't have one. So, yes, we do. We have we have too many teasers interviewed, don't we? No, they 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 can they can do one. <laughs> <laughs> too many teasers. Yes, you you w- yeah. went to go and see those guys at the. Yeah, let's let's. Have a bit of background on this. So we recorded. We had two attempts at trying to record a B side with Leon and Ross from the Too Many T's. They failed miserably both times. We had masses of of reverb, so we left it. We then recorded a B side, which featured their song at the end of me reading the bio out, which which has then since lost. Deleted. I didn't lose it. I deleted it. Same difference. And, and then <laughs> emptied the recycle bin as well, just just for good measure. <coughs> Yeah, just just to, just to make sure that you didn't have it, you deleted the yeah. So um, and then in that intervening time, uh, I was invited to go along and see the guys at the Castle and Falcon up in Birmingham. Uh, so me and Neil went along uh, to watch the guys and to speak to the guys. So uh, what follows next is our interview with Leon and Ross from the Too Many Tees. Uh, right, so we're at the Castle and Falcon, and we're with Ross and Leon. Who are also the Too Many T's. <laughs> yeah, hello. How are you going? Good, man. You? Yeah, this lovely November evening. <laughs> oh, it's grey outside. It's pissing it down with rain and it's grey as grey things get. It's, it's uh, yeah. really Some not very inspiring. Yeah, it's grey as grey things get. Yeah. That's which, nice. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's poetic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, you know. <laughs> so, uh, for the uninitiated, uh, tell our listeners who Too Many T's are. Uh, well, Leon and Ross, as you said, unfortunately we have to carry a DJ around with us to press play on a few tracks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> DJ Savage Emery he has a little go at, um, manipulating the record as well. They call it scratching. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, we're, and we're both rappers. Yeah, and we're rappers. In, do a bit of producing. A bit of producing, inspired by the golden era of, of hip hop and sort of uh, with a 20 years <laughs> worth of technical development in, in flows and. <laughs> write songs about all sorts of things from jam to um, environment <laughs> <laughs> and some cool ones as well <laughs> you, uh, you guys have got the new album that's uh, La, La Famille La Famille yeah, La Famille. yeah. Uh, listen to it this week I'm, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass it's one of my favourite records of this year so no way brilliant. oh so, wow I, mean, I had no that's idea what to expect so I mean mm. You know, we've, we've heard a few of your tracks on the podcast, and I put the album on the farm, see these guys in the week on Pluto. Yeah, yeah. Loved it from start to finish. Yeah. I absolutely love it. We're kid, man. The feedback has been amazing. Yeah. The, the, 
the, the whole collaboration, you know, I mean, there's tracks on there that you guys don't even feature on, which is, it's, 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 it's <laughs> yeah. a brave move, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the beatbox guy, um, yeah. The beatbox, yeah, and there's, um, there's one a bit further on, I think you guys must produce it, I think. Or, yeah, 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 it's yeah. the outro, yeah, 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 I produced that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, the whole flow of the album for me is, is great. It, you've got that brilliant um, satirical undertones in, all, in a lot of the songs. Yeah. Yeah, so was it a conscious thing to say, let's, let's go and do loads of collaborations and let's throw it all against the wall? And Yeah, a, a little bit. It was, it was more out of like opportunity, really, because we'd been playing in France a lot mm. and then we bumped into lots of the artists that were on the record and we've got a label in France, Banzai Lab, who were like wanting to kind of just raise our profile over there. So we're like, oh... I think they suggested it, didn't they? Mm. Let's do like a, a sort of, just do a few collabs with yeah. some of the my, guys that you know. Yeah, I mean, I think we'd been, because we've been traveling loads around France and just met loads of artists. Mm. So we'd had, we'd had conversations and we'd like had the thought we should maybe do some tracks together. And yeah. Yeah, we spoke to the label about it and they they sort of reached out to a load of the French artists, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everyone just ended up saying yes. So like it was going to be an EP and then it like, it turned it into snowballed. like a, it turned into yeah. a long EP, and then we were like, "Oh, let's just get let's, some, an let's just yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. just stick a couple more tunes on it and, and call it an album." Yeah, um, yeah, that's 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 how it went. Yeah, um, and it, uh, we were lucky that it sort of that it, it just somehow all stick together and flows like an album because it's so yeah. such different styles, you know. Uh, this is Greaves sound checking now. Greaves sound checking. Yeah, he's awesome, man. It was, was a nice chapter to, to chat to him, just spoke to him not long ago. Oh really? You must yeah. have got him on a good day. <laughs> I'm joking. No, he is awesome. Um, so what, you know, two, uh, two guys from Leic- Leicestershire, you guys are from? Is I'm from Leicester, Leicester and Ross is from Wakefield. From Wakefield, right, yeah. Right, okay. What, what pushed you into hip-hop? <laughs> uh, it, was, it was different, yeah. For, for me, it was my, my brother. He, he's, he's a few years older than me and he bought some decks and uh, just off the bat started listening to like Big Daddy Kane and like Tribe Called Quest and just old school stuff. Right. Uh, Slick Rick and stuff. It doesn't like that. come across in your music, the old school. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so I just used to, he, he wouldn't let me near his deck, so I'd kind of sit on the end of his bed, just like hoping to get it. When he went out, I kind of got on him. Oh, records. But then I kind of just sat there listening to all the songs so much, like just in his room, that I started learning a lot of the songs. And I think like, yeah, just when I was like 13, 14 or something, and I just got really into that style of music. I'd like, I'd been into like everything from like indie to happy hardcore to like, I was like re- always really into music. And then when I, when I first started doing all this old school hip hop stuff when I was 14, then pretty much exclusively listened to hip hop from my like age 14 to 18 <laughs> until, I, until I stopped being a you know, dick and realized there was better other music. <laughs> but, um, but, but yes, it was a, yeah, it was my brother mainly. Yeah, I've just like always <clears throat> like writing and wordplay and, and then I found hip hop when I was about 19. I've never had anything in my life that I've ever been able to like focus on f- like fully and then it just grabbed me. I just love rapping. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the story about you, you guys crossing paths and how did you, you know, <laughs> Becoming too many teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was me. It was a an early version of Tinder, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just like a little card at a phone box. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Lyricist Lounge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. we, met, we met in then. Okay. Kinda. We like we were. I was at uni in Leeds, but ended up going to like the Wakefield campus. Oh, okay. and Ross is from Wakefield, and not many people rapped in Wakefield. 
I think through like um, mutual friends, we were both like running hip hop nights in Wakefield, and so we sort of met people introduced. Well, you rap, yeah. mate. Hey, you need to meet. Well, she used to meet Leon. He raps. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then we met, and then we got on, and we started rapping together. Yeah, excellent. But that was like that was a long time ago, and then and then years later, we lived in the same place in London, like about seven years ago when we started, and then we just started making loads of tunes. And it was really fun. Then we did a couple of gigs, and we're like, oh, this is actually. This is all right, this, I think. Like, was, this, was this when you lived next door to Boris Johnson? Like, <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's a lot more recent than that, I think. Yeah. No, this is like, what, 12 years, 15 years ago? Wow. When okay. we first met. Yeah. So it was like 13 years ago, yes. Yeah, so it's, it's a long ride to, to the success you had. Yeah. Yeah, 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 cause, yeah. But, yeah, but this, we didn't start this project. We started this project seven years ago, yeah, but it was, yeah, a long time ago we were making yeah. maps. Yeah, yeah. I think we did do a gig together as... Rhymes and Default, it was called. I used to call my name M- MC Default back then. Oh, yeah. MC and, uh, Default, that's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, I was like, I was like, I remember playing like Halo at my mates, and like the the setting for your control pad was Default, and I was just, I was like, oh, like if Seth was just like a rapper that was just set to rap mode, it'd just be Default. <laughs> that was like, that was like my logic behind it. I thought it was really clever, and then I realised it was a bit lame, but <laughs> that's a bit later. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was rhymes and rhymes and rhymes default. And we default, did we did yeah. a, we did a couple of gigs when when, well, when I was literally like seventeen or something. Brilliant. Yeah, it's probably it's one of the first ever gigs. I can still remember the rap. It's not many, yeah. like, there's so many raps I've written. <laughs> some just stand out. <laughs> some of them early ones. Did we just do that one song? I think so. Yeah, or maybe Best another one. Mate, I just straight to Westgate. Yeah. This place, you know, where you are. You come from far by bus, bus train, train or car. We were doing it back to back then. So yeah, all those, all that time again. You still remember it, now? Yeah, yeah, it's weird. So how's the tour been going? Yeah, I can't remember that. I wrapped from Toronto University. It's been amazing, man. We went all over Europe a couple of weeks, and then then we got back to UK and we did Brighton, Bristol, and then Birmingham. All the bees, but like Brighton and Bristol, have just been. Amazing. So burn them on sea next then. Huh? Burn them on sea next. Burn them on sea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Massive hip hop down there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Then over to Bill and Ricky. And after that. Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah, it's been like uh, I don't think we never we never travelled done that many shows that many days, and especially Mm. such long distances driving in between. So yeah, it was a real it was a real kind of like. Shock to the system, like um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty knackering, and it's like it's such like so up and down the whole experience. Like it's like yeah, just like a, a show, massive roller coaster, and just another show every day. And then like yeah. sometimes you'll meet people and have a little party, and then like sometimes everyone's just in the van, just like staring into space. <laughs> yeah, and, then so, and then sometimes the vibes are really just high all the time, and everyone's like laughing and joking. So it's really, it's really, yeah. really like roller coaster experience. Yeah. So we're, we're lucky to be on tour, tour with Greaves. You know, like we could be on tour. We just met in Paris at the start of the mm. tour. We didn't really know what each yeah. other was like, so we've been lucky that we all really have. I've got on. He speaks very that, highly of you as well. And that as well, yeah. right? Yeah. He's, he's just been saying exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. You can tour with some people and you yeah. know, click with them. And yeah. Yeah. you have to go to get on the tour. Go anyway. with you it, yeah. He says this, this tour is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good. I just remember when we met him, I thought, I thought, God, he's, he's really cool. He's just got such a cool voice, and he's like, and, and our agent said the same thing. He met him last night, and he was like, he was like, 
you sound like fucking Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, got this super smooth thing. I remember the first day or two, just being like, God, this guy's way too cool to hang out with. <laughs> this is on the, on the first night. Turns out he's a goof. The first night, but they've got two keyboards, but like their Nord, their Nord keyboard, they mm. plugged it into like the European socket and like the power surge it blew the fuse. So they, they only had one keyboard, which like half their, half their set musical up. setup, you know. And like I remember, it towards the end of the night, they, they were super cool about. It. They were like, you know, sod it, let's just rework it, do the, do the, do the, change the set. And then I was like, afterwards, I was like, mate, I'm so impressed how you've like handled all these, all these problems. Like you've just taken it in your stride. It's been amazing. And he was like, he walked past me, he turned around, and went. This ain't my first rodeo, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I walked up. I was like, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so obviously the rest of the tour comes um, after after tonight. Yeah. What comes next for Team ETs after that? Uh, Lie down. Good good sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Bit, bit, take bit, a bit of time. Bit of a rest, and I think we're like just gonna take a bit of time to work out our next move. Really, like, um, yeah, plan plan what we're gonna do. Hopefully, write some like. Um, Write some more like interesting songs, maybe some like one-off things, you know, a bit like some few things that we've done that are off-album, sort of. Uh, whether it's sort of like some funny stuff or some like, the, uh, political or environmental or whatever, I don't know. The bit in the uh, yeah, in the, the final that made me nearly crash the car is the shout out to Ryan A. Right, <laughs> yeah. Totally unexpected. Yeah, we've got we've got another another video single coming out start yeah. of December. Excellent. We're gonna take this start of December just rest for a few days. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few then, little gigs, haven't we? And then we've got Actually. a few. We've got a few gigs in December, but I think like from yeah. December then in, in the new yeah. year, it's just a sort of bit of reflection and a bit of planning because we've like we've not stopped for like yeah, four years you know what I mean we've like it's just been one thing this, to the next and yeah. we've not actually sat down and gone oh is that the right direction yeah so we, we just need to have a, a little bit put the brakes on for a yeah, minute yeah. and just see and see which, ass- which kind of assess it. everything yeah. Yeah. yeah like sort of see what the like what's working what's not and like ask like our sort of like yeah. like closest friends and fans and stuff you know and take stock and then like kind of I don't know Try and be like efficient with like where we're going, you know <laughs> what I mean? We're, so, like, we're like puppy dogs. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Let's we'll do say that. yes to everything, <laughs> then we do everything. Like, it's rich. So if our listeners want to, uh, you know, stalk you appropriately, where can they find you? Yeah. Tinder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Swipe, swipe right. Yeah, every oh. time. <laughs> Got a new Bebo profile, like so. Check that out. <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> um, but yeah, best place is um, you just go to too many dot com. Uh, then there's links to everything on there. So we're on Instagram quite a lot. Do a lot of stories. Yeah, we're on Instagram quite a lot and Spotify to check our music out. If you if you use Spotify, then uh, yeah. Brilliant. Well, uh, Leon and Ross from Two Inches, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, and thank you. And good luck with the gig. Bad I'm Legends. sure Thanks, you'll go swimmingly, and the people of Birmingham will uh, love you and adore you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll we'll kill them. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, man. man. So that was that. That was that, Wayne. That was them. That was them. That was them speaking words and uh, flapping gums. Gotta say, it was, uh, it was a great gig. And I'll uh, reiterate what I said in the interview that I think it's one of the best albums I've heard this year. I really enjoyed it. It, it sort of come from left field and I had no prejudgment about it and then listened to it. I've listened to it about 10 times now. It's just, it's just a really good, well-produced album. 
and speaking to the guys I didn't even mean to make an album it sort of snowballed they were just going to do an EP and then got involved with other artists from France um, and then it snowballed into this you know album they've put out which is really really good it's really enjoyable lovely pair of chaps as well they had a bit of misfortune while they were over in Birmingham and they had their uh, van broken into and their laptop stolen uh, which luckily enough they put a uh, GoFundMe out to replace their stolen gear which uh, you know the internet is a good place sometimes and it was for these guys so uh, they've got their stuff back we haven't had our stuff stolen, but should we put a GoFundMe out for our stolen goods anyway and see if we can get no. some free shit? No, because you're just tempting fate there that something will be stolen now, aren't you? So. No. <laughs> I haven't really got much to steal. Maybe this mic. This mic was expensive. The computer, <laughs> sh- the computer shit. Yeah, well, um, the, the gig was really good. I also caught up with a chap, uh, the, the other... There was like a co-headline tour they were doing. It was Too Many T's and this guy from America called Greaves. That's going to be on a future episode, the interview uh, that we, we had. He too was absolutely fantastic. You know, it was a really good show they put they put on. I didn't know what to expect, you know, and I've never been to the Castle and Falcon before. Um, the show was fantastic. The, the, the sound was really good in that room. And their songs really, they're just really as good live. And you know what? I think they're actually better live because they're putting more of their personality into it. You know, the songs are full of this this lively, fun personality. And obviously there when they're live, it's they're putting it more across. It was really, really, yeah, it's really fun to see. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how sometimes you come out with some like um, intellectual words and then other times you'll say things like more across. <laughs> but yeah. I, I like the I like the guys that that they seem quite quirky and fun. They seem a bit of a laugh. Uh it was a shame I didn't get to see them. I'd like to have seen them, but uh due to circumstances it was not possible. But yeah, check these guys out. Check check everything out. You you'll love their album because it is it is that good. Yeah, we'll leave everything for you in of the show notes. Um and I think I think that just about covers it, Wayne. It does. We are we're at the end. Have you pressed record this time? Oh shit! <laughs> oh, don't say that, Wayne. Oh yeah, we've been going for four. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ! You scared the shit out of me. Yeah, we've been going for forty-five minutes. <clears throat> so, a lot of that's going to be taken out, but not if you're a patron. No, you get to listen to every bit of shit that we've spoke. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're coming to the end now. We're coming to the end of the show. Uh, we hope you enjoy the artist. Let us know what you thought. Let's, let's, let us know your thinkings. Did you like the Bloody Blah? Send over some suggestions, you know, or we probably won't listen to them because we've got too many to listen to anyway, but send them over, whatever. Uh, you can find us on all of the platforms. Socials, you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. We're mainly active on Twitter, but you can find us on all the others. We are on Spotify, we're on Spreaker, YouTube, SoundCloud. Uh, we're in a bit of a transitional period at the moment where we're working out what we're going to do for the new season. That's why we've added a few vlogs here and there, just testing things out. So, yeah, we're kind of testing new things out for the new year. So, season three coming soon. Hopefully, all being will be very exciting with some new content, but try not to overstretch ourselves at the same time. 
as I have been doing. <laughs> yeah, we are going to play you out now with Too Many Teas and their song, Freaky. So, thank you everybody for listening. If indeed you still are. Goodbye. Goodbye. Let the freaks rain down. Cause I want to get No legs, no holds barred, no bras, no vests. Like who's in charge? Get savage in a bed with a vet and a big bag of cat. I wanna get free cat. I wanna get odd. Cuddle up to a naked head jog in a bar. Cover me in coastal. Then I pop to a princess dressed as a frog. I wanna dive deep into a plunge pool of Looney Tunes and watch a movie that is way too real Then blend up a big cup of aviation fuel and dress Kevin Bacon up in a bacon suit. Let me lick the litter of your newborn puppies and suck a little milk from the tea. Of the mummy, yeah. The weirder the better. I'm here for the leather. Come nearer together and let me smell the sweat. Cause I wanna get. Cause I wanna get. Let the freaks rain down. Cause I wanna get. I'm on Easter Island and it's hot Drown me In cerebellum juice in a pot Down it 20 ladies dressed up a spock All frowning and pounding out trans doing shots Rowdy Howdy folks Fix me up something better like a sweat wine Spencer a mile a high level Shoot me up the biggest hill You're the bigger the better Slippy slide down in tandem With me man for a sucker at the front Facing every pond With a kettle full of soup Yeah Passion food Flavor lovely Rolling bubble glue Slush them up Run them up Put them in my boot Yeah Dress them up as animals And put them in a zoo Salmonella salmon and some Lemonade stew, take a little dip, wiggle, turn it into glue. Then whip out my dick, giggle, yabba dabba do. What you gon' do? La choumi, je veux la souple, les brochettes et les sushis. Elle voulait que la démonte, j'ai ramené la boîte à outils. L'âme de psy, circulaire en guise de frisbee. J'ai l'âme d'un mogwai qui ne se nourrit qu'après midi. Boudin, j'pourlingue, naviguant sur les eaux de boudin, mérite, lévite. Puis disparaît comme Robert Houdin. J'ai le cours d'un comme un gladiateur dans un gonzo amateur autrichien. Inspiré des meilleurs peuples hollywoodiens. Fais l'un sous-coeur atteint d'épilepsie, j'viens me trémousser. Tous les vagins sont jaloux, ma main droite, oui, j'me fais mousser. J'ai fait des millions, te pu, poté des milliers, de cul. Mais dans les médias, je passe inaperçu comme un dragon de mer. Feuilleux, j'suis pas novice, mais je ne passe pas comme un stack à novice. Dans quelques de mes mètres, j'ai fait je vide de ma tête et des paquets de chips. Je ne porte pas de slibar. Mec, ça m'horripile. Braguette ouverte, ce gay qu'en or qui brille.